Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about biblical authority. But before we jump into that topic, I want to remind you of PeaceWorks Live. PeaceWorks Live is our conference uh, in 2023. It'll be held in September, September 7th and 8th in Charleston, West Virginia at Bible Center Church. And we would love for you to be part of PeaceWorks Live. Yes, there'll be a live stream option, but I'm telling you, please consider uh, making the trip to Charleston. I don't think you'll regret it. I'm being there live and in person. And you can find out more about PeaceWorks Live at chrismoles.org. All right, friends, so today we have a question about authority. So the question is, are there limits to biblical authority? Are there limits to biblical authority? Now, granted, if I was in a um, counseling situation or a church situation and I was asked this question, I probably would ask, well, you know, tell me, you know, what's motivating the question? Like, uh, why are you asking the question, or what do you hope to hear? Like, what would you hope to, to find in, in pushing this and in, in asking this question? Because um, there are a lot of reasons why someone would ask this question. But I think for our benefit today, we're just going to kind of walk through uh, the answer as best I can, because I do think it's a good, a quest- a good question. Um, and I, I think there's two answers that I know I'd never answer the question straight on. But again, the question, are there limits to biblical authority? I would say yes and no, uh, because the topic of biblical authority um, poses the next question, uh, in whose hands, in regards to whom? Um, and so, honestly, when it comes to God's authority, no, I, I don't see limits to God's authority or Christ's authority. In fact, that would be where I would want to start the discussion of biblical authority is to remind us and each other and myself that Christ is the ultimate authority, that Jesus is Lord. I mean, that's a, a a key claim that we as believers make. It was such a significant claim that uh, it led to a great deal of martyrdom in the among the early believers. It still does to this day that Jesus is Lord. In a culture and a climate where people were expected to declare Caesar as Lord, early followers of Christ abandoned that call and began to embrace the call of Jesus as Lord. This is significant. It can't be overlooked that uh, the Scriptures continue to point us as believers back to uh, Jesus' lordship, his mastery, his supremacy. Passages like Matthew 28 remind us that he has all authority in heaven and earth and Ephesians 121 uh, tells us again about his formative authority, creative authority, Matthew 11, Philippians 2, um, and the list could go on and on. Colossians 2, his supremacy. I mean, we would see Christ as our authority. Jesus is Lord. So when it comes to that answer, are there limits to Christ's authority? No, I mean, I, he He is Lord. He's Lord of all. Um, and and we affirm that message. Now, the question is not asking about Christ's authority. I can guarantee you that. The question is asking about delegated authority, or what some people have called constituted authority. Now, the question there is more um, more debatable and, and nuanced. I don't think it's debatable, I should say. I think the answer 
uh, to that is, are there limits to biblical authority when it comes to delegated authority? The answer is yes, absolutely, unequivocally. There's no question that delegated authority has limits. And we see this pretty regularly as we talk about issues of government, um, which which is interesting to me because I, I do think sometimes, um, I can't remember who it was, the political figure that just recently in the last few years, you know, tried to use Romans 13 um, to indicate that government authority is supreme in many ways. And it was um, in, in poor taste, I believe, as Romans 13 uh, is is preceded by Romans 12, that there are definite reminders throughout uh, the book and others that constituted authority or delegated authority as an agent of God's wrath is an important part of of our life here on the planet, that we're not politically separated, although the strategies that we are given scripturally and biblically are in many ways about how to live a quiet and peaceful existence in a politically charged environment. Um, as much as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone, that it is important that we find peaceful coexistence with our co habitants of the planet and communities. And uh, to what extent you participate in that is somewhat debatable within the church, and that's fine. Um, That's okay. I don't think that's a salvific principle, and so we can differ a little bit about how far up the political ladder we go or to what extent we engage in um, law enforcement, corrections, the military. Those are great and healthy debates that we should be having in the church. But I don't think any of us would deny that the constituted or delegated authority given to the government has limits, that we've heard that maybe from childhood even. Um, We've had public debates about the presence of religious freedom, for instance, of coercive restrictions of the government upon people's religious freedom, and um, the, the concepts of the church and state being separate. And so we, we definitely hold to limitations when it comes to biblical authority as pertaining to the state. So I, th- I think that's something that most of us are familiar with, that there are limits to delegated authority uh, governmentally. Um, and we certainly engage in that as missionary agencies. Many of us who are missionary-minded know that we perhaps serve or support missionaries in what's called closed countries who operate um, in even some ways uh, covertly as a means of building relationships for the sake of the gospel uh, in countries that are closed to the gospel. And so there are aspects in which our faith is subversive, and um, understandably so, because there are limits to that authority. Well, then the question becomes, then, what about other forms of biblical authority, right? So God has, God has ultimate authority. Christ is supreme, and he's delegated authority to the government. Well, there's limitations. He's constituted authority to church leaders, and there's limitations. Even apostolic authority. I mean, the idea that these initial followers of Jesus who were called and empowered and commissioned and sent by Jesus, the first generation responders, as it were, to the gospel, to the Great Commission, were empowered and had authority. Acts 2 uh, tells us about their um, authority and how the people responded to that. Were there limitations? Certainly. The same with church leaders. Uh, constituted authority that you might read about in the book of Hebrews, you might derive from the book of Romans, 
um, has a continued thread of how are we stewarding the authority that God has given us, and, and can you biblically or scripturally separate authority from responsibility? I don't know that you can. And I think that's one of the rubs that happens in this discussion of abuse is a pastor abuses his office and the function of leadership prescribed to a pastor um, disqualifies uh, them from holding that office. It, it is, there are limitations. Timothy, Titus, 1 Peter 5 all give us indications of a pastor's responsibility. And so pastoral abuses are meant to be met with correction, rebuke, or removal. And I would say the vast majority of abuses in which other people are harmed, coerced, frightened, fearful, those are to be met with removal as opposed to uh, simple correction because abuse is outside of the scope of a pastor's responsibility, and that is a violation of that office, of that reality, because delegated authority has limits, has limitations, and I think we see that in the New Testament church. I think we should be practicing that a little bit more um, fervently in the modern church when individuals are taken advantage of, when they're sexually assaulted, when they're sexually coerced, for instance, uh, when individuals are abused, when uh, individuals' freedoms are restricted for the sake of the institution, when it becomes cultish or culty in many ways, uh, there are abuses of power that are visible and should be addressed. So um, is biblical? are there limits to biblical authority? Well, when it comes to Christ, he is supreme. He is the authority. When it comes to people, know that that authority is delegated. How do we know that delegated authority? Through the sufficiency of Scripture. So there's Jesus is the highest authority. Scripture communicates that authority. Leaders are responsible to carry that authority wisely and within the confines of the instructions that they've been given. And that brings us to this concept of husbands and wives. And so if you read the Scriptures to to hold that husbands have a function, uh, that they have a level of authority, whether it's creatively as being bigger, stronger, faster in most cases, whether it's positionally uh, through what we call headship, the question then is, are there limits? And I think the limitations are, are visible, are readily available within the Scripture, and are consistent with our understanding of Jesus and his use of power and his call for us to use power. I recently... Um, had some pushback on the concepts of power under or power with or using the term power to be, you know, hey, we should empower other people, we should share power, we should be responsible with our authority, we shouldn't lord it over people, as if that is an impossibility or as if that is somehow um, inappropriate. But that seems to be the nature of, of authority from a scriptural position. How do I, as a pastor... Um, along with all the saints, you know, help uh, the people of God. Did God give us these leaders to rule over us or to train us in righteousness? And I, I think the latter is scripturally evident, that that's why we're here. Now, do we have to make decisions? Sure. But if those decisions are detrimental, coercive, threatening, or fear or shame-based, then 
are those really decisions we should be making or discussions we should be having? And, and that's, a, that's a real question because I think pastors that bully their parishioners are probably not functioning biblically. They're functioning outside the limits of biblical authority because biblical authority um, is not bullying. It's not dominating. It is um, stewarding, shepherding. That's why that language is so um, important to us. We're not, we're not uh, wranglers and, and coercers. We're shepherds. We're stewards. We're managers. Uh, and, and that does have a different connotation than king, than lord, than, right? So we have this under-shepherd idea even in, um, throughout Scripture that Jesus is the sheep, sheep, chief shepherd, pardon me, and that we're the under-shepherd. And so actually having a good visual and a good uh, biblical understanding of power, I think, is important. And understanding our limits is important, uh, that there are limits to delegated authority, even among husbands. And so I, I bring this up because it is a common occurrence. It's a common conversation. I'll just give you an example. Um, I can say I have had this conversation no less than 20 times, what I'm about to unpack, no less than 20 times that a church is concerned that a wife's disclosure of abuse and harm without the husband physically present is either gossip or a lack of submission, that they're not submitting to his authority. And it's mind-blowing to me when you hear the disclosures. So I'm going to combine a few stories in my head to protect the innocent, right? So wife comes to her church, please help me. My husband calls me the B word on a regular basis. He um, is not satisfied with the way I keep the house, and he gets explosively angry and literally takes the garbage and, and dumps it in the middle of the kitchen and makes me clean it up in front of him. He calls me derogatory names, right, and he limits my access to the funds. Well, has he hit you? No, he hasn't physically assaulted me, but I am scared. Well, I'm just not comfortable having this conversation without him present because I don't want you to violate his authority. Well, first of all, let me step out of the story for a second. I hear stories like this regularly, folks. A husband who's willing to call his wife derogatory names to literally dump garbage on the floor, as my story is indicating. And I could use any other example from physical violence to sexual coercion to um, unplugging or taking away, I should say, taking away her phone or disconnecting something within her car so that she can't leave, to um, slandering her to her parents. I mean, all kinds of dastardly tactics that our response is we don't want to bow, you know, step over his authority by helping you. He's crossing the limits of his authority. What authority? Authority to harm? Authority to dominate? There, there's really nothing in me that that would say, well, you know what? I really don't want to cross his authority because he's your husband. He's not acting like her husband. He's acting like a dictator. He's acting like an abuser. And that should be confronted, and she should be cared for. And I, I know those are harsh examples, but those are real-life uh, collections of stories. Those are real um, um pieces that I've brought from real stories in, in my mind to put together examples for you. 
These are the levels at which we are having this discussion about not challenging a husband's authority. There are limits to delegated authority. And if we believe that Ephesians 5 is true and Colossians 3 is true and 1 Peter 3 is true, then we should have clear understandings of those limits. 1 Peter 3, oh oh my, the husband, love your wife, right? Live with your wife in an understanding way. Be considerate of your wife. Or what will happen if you're inconsiderate? Your prayers will be hindered. My goodness, if God takes being inconsiderate significant enough that it affects your spiritual life, how much more will he take seriously the actions that I've just talked about, the the misuse of authority and power? Colossians 3, love your wife, do not be harsh with her. How much more harsh do we need before we confront? When has the limit of delegated authority been crossed? The derogatory names are not harsh enough? The garbage is not harsh enough? The sexual coercion is not harsh enough? The, the incident of strangulation is not harsh enough? The intimidation with a weapon is not harsh enough? The slander is not harsh enough? Like that's, the, that's the frustration. Is when, is when is enough enough? Ephesians 5, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The, the appeal for husbands to be sacrificial in their love. When, when is the self-centered spouse self-centered enough that the pleas of the, the victim, the pleas of the one being harmed, will be heard above our concerns for that person's authority? When, is, when are the limits reached? That's the question, and that's the frustration, I think. Are there limits to biblical authority? I don't know where the question is coming from, but I've heard it enough to know that many people are frustrated in the discussion because they often feel like they have no voice. The pastor is untouchable. The husband is untouchable. Authority is undeniable. And the only answer to that is to become more powerful. And what a horrible, what a horrible invitation that Jesus told us not to resist the evildoer. Like, don't resist in kind. Don't fight fire with fire. Overcome evil with good. And if we as church leaders do not engage in that same process of, of peacemaking and, and the gospel of peace, I feel that we will value authority and power far more. Um, then we value stewardship and service, and and it will get colluded in many ways with the kingdom of the world, that we will fall victim to denying the authority of Romans 12, and that we will adopt a worldly philosophy of power and authority that says might makes right, as opposed to saying, you know what, there are limits. And brother, we love you enough to confront you when you've crossed those limits, and we love your wife enough to stand in between your boundary-crossing, unbiblical authority, right? And this person that you're called to love. So, again, soapbox, a little passionate, um, but I am passionate. I I think the delegated authority has limits, and it's not unconditional. Um, And I'm happy to have that conversation um, more thoroughly and Probably my passion has invited more questions on that. So we will, we will attempt to uh, tackle that further. 
tackle it nonviolently further in a future episode of the PeaceWorks podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, for being a part of the PeaceWorks podcast. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much. Until next time, God bless.